The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, for this half of the hour, we're going to be looking at the protests that have been taking place in Mali. Thousands gathering on the streets of that particular country. We'll find out exactly what is behind these protests. Nixon Katembo is the African Affairs Analyst and Language Specialist at Channel Africa Kiswahili Desk. Nixon, good morning. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, Kathy, and <laughs> good morning to once again to our listeners here at SAFM. It's always a pleasure to have you in studio. Nixon is probably the most regular guest we've had by now. He's been in studio like three times since <laughs> when? Since 2019. Should I call or, it a privilege? Or since 2020. No, it's not 2019. <laughs> since 2020. So since the lockdown. Should I call it a privilege? Maybe. No, I, I think the privilege is mine since I'm scraping for guests in studio here. Let so. me just say it's an honor then. <laughs> To be here. Thank you. <laughs> no, th- thank you, Nixon. Um, I want us to talk about these protests that have hit Mali. I mean, the the visuals have just been extraordinary. Tens of thousands of people taken to the streets in that country. What's driving these protests? What is driving the protest is like in, a, in any other country, issues of bread and butter issues, economic challenges that the country is facing. Yet, the military and the rulers and the power that be are siphoning off the resources of the country. And that has been at the core. On the other hand, you have the issues of democratic processes within a country. Um, The country has got quite uh, a challenge with the military dictatorship. Um, is a long story that we cannot go back to, of course, since the recent one being in 2012, then the one that just happened recently in 2020, and then the one that happened um, uh, in uh, just around June um, in 2021. So um, if you talk about Mali, you look at East history in a in its entirety, in the context of the colonialism that happened there, in the context of the successive uh, leadership that have happened, and now the recent uh, one that is happening, people pushing for democracy in the country, people pushing for a greater say in the running of their day-to-day affairs. Unfortunately, for the current coup d'etat that have happened is that they happen actually to hoodwink what I call the aspiration of the people. Uh, And the military take chance in taking that space where people are asking uh, for for, uh, actually um, the democratization of the country. But on the other hand, what they really, uh, the recent, the real, real cause of this uh, protest was uh, around the failure of the former president, Abu Bakr Keita, uh, failing to actually uh, deal with the security in, in the north of the country with the advent of the Tuareg evading um, Places like Tumbutu, you remember the destruction of uh, um, the very historical um, uh, artifacts and uh, many other uh, that were were held in Tumbutu. But uh, interestingly also the intervention of France in that particular uh, Sahel uh, issue uh, saying that they are fighting insurgency from, uh, you know, terrorists um, as they call it. Um, 
So it's a myriad of, of many other aspects that you can talk about. And I'm afraid if mm. we go deeper into each and every details, mm. we might necessarily uh, uh, end up finishing and on on what is really happening in Mali. So, but that so, is in a yeah. nutshell of what is happening in Mali. So, so, so there's a broad range of issues. When we look at how this protest over the weekend came about, we have the ruling military that called for these protests. It's off the back of those sanctions that have been imposed by the regional bloc ECOWAS. At least that's part of what the reporting is suggesting right now. We're also seeing as part of these protests a very strong stance um, that is anti-France and anti-any colonial ties, uh, ties rather. And we know that Mali, of course, is a former colony of, of France. So put the con- explain the context of, 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 of that for us. Okay, well, this happened, I'm glad that you raised the issue of anti-France sentiment. And this is happening across uh, the entire Western uh, and the Sahel region, West African region and Sahel region says that uh, for us for over the years has been at the forecenter in dictating what is happening in those countries as its former colonies, be it in the control of natural resources, be it in the leadership of who get to lead the country. And if in, they do not agree with particular ideas and, and um, um, the leadership of a particular country, what they do then behind the scene, they engineer. Um, uh, coup d'etats. That's why West Africa has had um, uh, so many coup d'etats. So for the particular case of Mali, you'd see that when the military took over uh, last year, France was not happy in a sense that they, the, 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 the military told France that we want to run our own affairs based on our own term as Malians. Um, we will deal with whoever we wish to deal with in the international arena. Um, this is after France threatened to withdraw its troop in the north of Mali uh, after sending military there. Uh, and in the answers, uh, the military and the leadership in, in, in Bamako felt a little bit... Um, uh, threatened because uh, if he has a security vacuum that is being left by France. Mm-hmm. And uh, that led to the military then to cooperate with the Wagner Group, which is um, a Russian private security company, but with uh, links to the Russian states. Um, upon France seeing that, they immediately sent the French defense minister to Mali to discuss on the military cooperation between the two countries, trying to counter um, uh, the Russian um, uh, mercenaries into the country. On the other hand, you have the people who have been yearning for democracy, and here the military is taking a different uh, uh, route uh, which is against France, which then gain popular support to the military, that at least someone is standing up to the bully. And the bully here, I mean France, whom they see as a, as a, as a something that has been uh, in, in, a, in a way of a Malia, Malian uh, 
what they call economic independence. And it's an issue around the issue of social economic justice uh, that happen across. And it's not only that it happened in Central African Republic, where uh, the, uh, the, the president for stay are challenged to Adera is a fighting similar uh, battle between uh, France and, and the Central African Republic with the Russian presence there. So you have all of the issues coming play and why Mali uh, because Mali is has got one of the largest gold deposit in West Africa and uh, anyone who understand the geostrategic issues that pertain to uh, natural resources and France's influence on the continent and not only that Mali also have mm. got a uranium deposit including Chad including Niger and these are key critical components for uh, a military industrial complex in France in terms of developing armament, in terms of developing modern technologies and uh, industrialization in essence. So uh, the extraction of these mineral resources has been at the center. So whoever get influence on the who control all the the leadership within Mali is likely to have also influence on access of the natural resources. And that has been at the center of the protest we see, the center of a leadership battle between France and the military in Mali and ECOWAS at the same time because the real, the real challenge here is ECOWAS coming to play without necessarily having a, a, a serious leg. While it talks about uh, honoring the principle of which ECOWAS was sent, but you look at some of these um, uh, ECOWAS countries which have leaders who are most likely to be aligned to France. Mm. And that is why Mali is standing up as an island against ECOWAS. Uh, of course, one of the greatest ironies, you know, in this complex story that you've explained so succinctly is that the backlash also comes after the military postponed elections that were supposed to be held, I think, in, in March or so, uh, elections that have now been postponed to, to 2025. What is the role of that been, especially for those who you speak about in the country who are hungry for democracy and who do believe that democracy may be a better way out of the current system? Of course, democracy has been at the center of, of the argument on why uh, these protests are going. But in the back of it is the economy, um, the pol international political economy around Mali itself. Uh, in as much as the military promised um, the elections to happen immediately in February this year, which, was ne which is next month, upon analyzing the security situation, and, and in the backdrop of these uh, tussles between the military and the leadership uh, in Bamako as well as Paris, I think the military saw it better to postpone the elections. While on the other hand, those who support the democratic processes in the country are saying, hang on, we agree that you are trying to be against France. 
in your approach. But we need to be able to choose our own leaders within the country to lead that processes. Uh, as you see um, the struggle of the issues of the election coming up. And of course, it has happened elsewhere where democracy and you know, uh, leadership challenges become um, a caveat to actually fight a geostrategic war within a particular country. And basically, that's what's happening in Mali. I'll be taking your calls on this issue. Absolutely fascinating context there because there's so much to the current standoff effectively than meets the eye. And I think Nixon has done a very good job of explaining it to all of us. Let me go to KGM. You're calling us from Mafiking. KGM, good to hear from you. Hello. Good morning, Kathy. Uh, mm. uh, I think we should say compliments because we haven't spoken, have we? Everybody wants to say compliments because we haven't spoken. So you're more than welcome. Compliments, yes. uh, KGM. And good morning to your guests and, and to my fellow listeners. Look, Kathy, um, the, the Malian issue is not is not actually the Malian issue. It's not even the Eastern or Western or Northern or Southern African issue. It's the, the continental issue. The issue here is, is our inability, or maybe for a lack of a, a, a better word, our refusal to get rid once and for all of the foreign influence in the continent. You know, when you go to West and, 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 and Eastern Africa, you, you, you have such a strong, uh, in, not just influence, not actually not influence, because influence maybe might be positive. But a very strong, destructive uh, involvement of France in in the continent, and 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 then you 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 go to other parts of the country. You have where the United States, where uh, um, British uh, uh, colonial systems are still very very not just evident but in control. Now, the solution is this: we we have seen. With our forefathers, Kathy, those who came before us, we've seen with, with us now. And if we don't do something about this, where we allow people who are pro-foreign uh, interventions and control of the continent, we will next year, this time, we will still be talking about this topic and there won't be a solution. So the issue is not France coming into, into Mali. It's Malians themselves. It's South Africans themselves. It's Africans ourselves being able to choose proper leaders and have proper leadership structures. As a parting shot, what I mean by proper leadership structures is that any form of leadership, it doesn't matter whether it's political or economic, if it is not in the best interest of the peoples of that country, of this continent, then it can't be proper. I mean, there's no single African country that has a base, a military base or an intervention of sort, whether in Europe or in Americas or anywhere beyond the, the, the waters of Africa. But we've got all these uh, so-called superpowers, even mediocrities, I mean, mediocrities that come here mm -hmm. and want to tell us what to do. But they do that because our leadership or lack thereof allows this to happen mm. and it's a free will mm. and 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 that perhaps is part of the greatest disappointment kgm is that if we're looking more broadly at the continent there are leaders that have been complicit 
in you know the in 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 the abuse of some of these natural resources and also in benefiting in benefiting uh, fr- from from these extraction processes can i say something on that case mm. look we we are here at home even where where we we try or or systematically it is tried to make sure that this doesn't happen i mean we have that in the biggest of of the ways that is happening in south africa through what we has has, has now become or known as state capture this, this is a broader systematic issue we inherited bad colonial systems claiming that it is our own uh, doing that is happening south africans generally will tell you that we've got the best constitution in the country or in the world so to speak but if you look at it it benefits the peoples from across the oceans so be that as it may as things like destructive structures like uh, 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 crime or corruption for that matter it they are systematically embedded in these systems called democracy or the rule of law or, or governance and and we inherit them because we are lazy to implement or come up and implement our own All when right. these people come and say this is coming from the west we just take it as is because we say the world is the west all right, KJM, let's leave it there for this morning. KJM uh, calling us from out in Mafikeng. Let me quickly take Solomon M. Kanya. Good day, Solomon. Good morning. Good morning, Katie, and good morning to your listeners. Yes. Yeah, I just want to participate in this issue, the debacle involving France and Mali. Mm. In as far as I'm concerned, because uh, one other call, I think uh, he, he, he hit the nail in place to say, uh, it's a global, rather, it's a continental issue. But I regard unity as a prerequisite for Africans to be able to ward off international superpowers which continue to stick their nose on African issues. You see, Africa has not been given its rightful place as yet to try to realize and achieve its potential. We're still dealing with the remnants of 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 imperialism colonial era till today there is no development illiteracy levels are high ravaging diseases and uh, we can't exploit to the benefit of africa as a continent the natural endowments that are there for the african benefit so in as far as i'm concerned i think france needs to pull out and leave Mali and actually leave the whole Africa central region so that Africans can begin to exercise self-determination, which is a granted right when it comes to any other developed nation. Mm. Yeah. Solomon, Nixon just wants to come in there on, on the issue that you're raising around France leaving Mali. Well, Solomon, to your disappointment and to the disappointment of listeners of SFM and my own disappointment that France cannot leave uh, Africa the way you put it because France's economy and resources, including the entire European continent, is built on the ruins of the African continent. And therefore, their own industrialization, 
their own economic advancement, their own technological advancement is built precisely on the ruins of the African continent. You have, for instance, the uh, coltan tantalinium that is being extracted in, a, in the eastern DRC, uniquely found there, and you have, uh, you have a, a tanzanite, which is solely found in Tanzania, in uniquely there, being used in the uh, processing of, of um, your mobile phones, uh, microchip in, in, in computers, and so on. How will this industry function without having an extractive relationship be between the African continent and those worlds? Okay. Hence, you see the reason why they see chaos. They would go an extra mile to see chaos happening on the continent is to make sure that there is an outflow of those resources without necessarily. And of course, they will co-opt clientele states. In other words, clientele leadership on the continent to make sure that we're going to support you in your quest for leadership in your country, but these are the pros and cons of our relationship. As you see, the earlier caller talks about our own leadership, really. We, found, we were found much wanting when it comes to lacking of vision for the continent. And of course, there have been issues where uh, leaders who have a clear vision for the continent, for instance, in the case of Thomas Sankara, you would recall that in the, in the four years of his leadership, he revolutionized Burkina Faso and got to actually uh, make changes. But what happens? They use Blaise Compaoré, his own friend, and kill him. And many examples, I see the times going, many examples, for instance, uh, in Congo, All right. in the Nixon, DRC. Nixon, let me do this. We will extend this conversation. Um, we'll, we'll continue with it a little bit after the latest 11 o'clock news. And Musa is standing by. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's 7 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of The Talking Point today. We continue leading the conversation on SAFM. So uh, quite a bit that we've still got planned for you within this hour. We'll be talking about uh, innovation in the pharmaceutical space. We'll also... Talking of space, we're going to uh, talk about South Africa's plans when it comes to building the capacity to be able to maybe one day launch our own Falcon 9. We'll be in conversation with uh, the Department of Higher Education and Innovation uh, to also find out exactly what the work of those three nanosatellites that have been launched into space will be. And, uh, you know, what is the, cap- the capacity building that is taking place um, on the ground who are what are the skills rather that are being that are needed and who is being upskilled to be able to deliver and meet those requirements so it's just a part of what you can expect we of course are continuing with the conversation we've had we were taking a look at uh, the situation in Mali the on the ongoing protest there now uh, really what we saw over the last couple of days thousands of people taking to the streets of Mali most of 
them chanting down with ECOWAS, down with France. Well, we've been getting uh, that context from Nixon Katembu, who is an African affairs analyst and language specialist at Channel Africa Kiswahili Desk. Well, uh, Solomon in Mkanyagudi, of course, we uh, were still on the line with you. I want to give you uh, an opportunity just to uh, wrap up your thoughts before we move on to a couple of our other callers. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Katie, for this opportunity. You see... Uh, your guest there, I think I cannot agree with him anymore. He is quite correct. The kernel of the discourse, when it, fa- it comes to the emanci- total emancipation of Africa and undoing all kind of shackles and the tentacles that run deep coming from Europe in particular, we, we, we need to do what he has just suggested. We need a political will. But we need unity. And we, do, we don't agree, we, 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 we don't dispute the fact that Mali can continue to be the role player in the global market. But coming from an equal position with its counterparts, not as it is happening now where uh, Mali is just a weakling, is just a, an inferior partner and get its own resources abused by the superpowers from Europe. But again, once Africans can unite behind one particular goal and mission, they will come to a point to say who really can be a companion of Africa towards its emancipation and realization of its potential. Because there are a lot of role players in the global, in the global space. You've got, um, in our case, there is this um, uh, 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 China, Brazil, India, and, and Russia. There are a lot of them. If if Europe or all other Brentin uh, institutions can give us what we deserve as a continent, it's better for us to sit down and say, who can be a partner who will spare us dignity, give us respect, but allow us really to be human beings? If, if popular support is anything, I think France needs to heed the call that it is no longer welcome in Mali. Okay. I thank you for the opportunity, Kathy. All right, Solomon. Thanks for that. Nigel in Durban, you also want to talk about this issue on Mali. Yes, uh, thank you and uh, good morning. Yes, yes, can Nigel, you, you can go for it, yes. Right. So, so I think that Africa is not yet free. Um, and the, the geopolitical interest and geostrategic thrusts of the world are structured very cleverly to keep Africa from being free. So all these things that we are subscribing to in the name of democracy, rule of law, which are good in of themselves, but what what has happened is these geopolitical interests have found a way of infiltrating our political economic space mm-hmm. the ngo sector to be able to perpetuate colonization and the oppression of african people and the fact that we are poor makes us continually vulnerable because you see in every country if you look at the politics there's always a proxy candidate for western interests whether it's a situation of Babo, whether it's a situation in uh, uh, um, uh, 
other ways. Even here in Southern Africa, you find there are groups that will purport to be standing for rule of law, standing for justice and equity. But in actual fact, you are perpetuating a situation where Western interests continue. And so the Malian people are very correct. And I think we're going to see this. So the West thought that these Arab Springs and things like that would be, you know, a way to advance the cause of their proxies to get into politics. But what's actually happening now is an organic reality which was unsustainable. And this is why colonialism failed, because it was unsustainable, it was oppressing people, it was marginalizing the majority. Similarly, the economic setup infrastructure is still marginalizing the majority. And so you're going to see continually leaders who were in, you know, in the 90s and maybe 2000s becoming popular on the back of Western interests, uh, promising loans. And we've seen uh, other African countries putting in leaders that are aligned to the West. We saw right. whether it's a John, Gar- mm. John Garang in the Sudan whether it's Charles Taylor. We've seen an undoing of all these uh, setups that are there. And I think that the youth are becoming woke uh, uh, to the fact that, you know, all these offers of uh, a utopia to say, look, you've got your old leaders, you need to get them out uh, and, and bring in new leaders. That's all very great, as long as it's not a veiled attempt to perpetuate the extraction of raw materials, finite resources in Africa. All right, Nigel. Uh, get, uh, and, and, and to get, yeah, I just wanted to conclude by saying uh, you, the latest thing that we have to watch is COVID. And COVID is another way in which you are going to find uh, a Western interest again being perpetuated if we are not careful. Okay. Let's leave it there. Uh, Nigel out in Durban. Salim in Lichtenberg, you'll be our final caller on this issue. Good morning. Yes, uh, Kathy, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Salim. I'm okay, man. You know what? Firstly, I just want to congratulate you on the show, right? Thank you, you Salim. You are just not Kathy, but you are a mother of the radio. I like the radio. I like your show. Thank you, Salim. I appreciate that a okay. lot. Yeah. To comment about the issue of the, of our gentleman there, right? Um, you know, Africa will only come right by the time whereby Africa uh, uh, will, will, will be able to know herself. That, was, that will be the time whereby Africa will be stand on its own. But up until today, Everything from Africa, all resources, everything from wherever, which country, not only money, is being from here to overseas. And those countries are doing well in whatever economic issues because of African uh, 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 things that are they, they're getting from Africa. Look, uh, I'm a resident in South Africa, originally from Malawi. There we got tobacco and, uh, uh, farmers. We got... Uh, plantation farmers. We got a lot of things that we're producing in our country, but when you go there, you'll ask yourself, where is all this tobacco goes to? Where does this tea goes to? This all goes to Britain and all those superpowers that Malawi was under or whatever uh, uh, colonialism. We can never come right up until 
the leaders. But up until today, there is nothing that will come right. All That's right. why you even find out today, Kevin, the, the, the polony that is made in, in Soweto in Joburg, it is still called French polony. Why must it be called French polony? Why can't we make our own polony in Africa and call it Soweto polony or Jimmy's polony from South Africa? Why must it be called a French polony? Where does the name come from? All right. Okay, Salib. Let's leave it there. I support it. I support it very, very much. Nixon is chuckling here. Nixon, why are you laughing? Uh, I'm laughing because he touches at the nerves of uh, the colonial mindset that has developed on the continent and which is still uh, permeate in our thinking that everything that is okay is Western. And therefore, uh, the African is unable to produce something that, you know, is genuine and authentic. And even if it is produced, we have a questions. Why is this okay? Why is this? And we, we judge that standard on a basis of Western standards. And I think that is another issue. But of course, this is a colonial, uh, colonialism and uh, other uh, uh, ideological debate that I don't think we can engage here. But for the sake of this discussion in Mali, I think it's a, a right time for the continent to see... Uh, what is happening in Mali is, does not happen in isolation of the rest of the continent. And for me, uh, I, I would th think that we need to start thinking about what are the kind of a visionary leadership that we get on the continent and what is the vision that we stand for as African and then coalesce around that vision uh, of liberating our continent be it Mali, be it the DRC, be it South Africa, be it Malawi, be it Namibia, and look at, hang on, this is our vision. We want to break the shackle of uh, political, economic, uh, uh, colonialism, in other words, that happened behind the scene. These issues that we have talked about, including the Bretton Woods system, uh, which continue to 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 um to 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 hold Africa into a perpetual debt and debt which we service at much more uh, higher percentage. Uh, I mean, those are the issues that we need to look at, and the kind of leaders that we have, I don't see them having that much um, needed uh, vision to take us there. And we have to look back. There have been examples such as the likes of Thomas Sankara. There have been examples such as Emery Patrice Lumumba, whom we, the DRC is celebrating today his death uh, as a national hero, uh, almost 60 years ago since he was killed. These are the questions that we begin as Africans, and especially those in academia, to start changing the course of thinking about what is it that we need on a continent that will liberate us both politically? Of course, we we got what I call a pseudo-independence because we're not independent. How are we going to go get uh, economic independence? That's what we need to. And on top of that, all of this cannot happen without social economic justice for our people. 
arrested my case there. <laughs> Nixon, you've got a very long case to argue. So uh, thank you so much for putting it there, uh, for ending it there. Nixon Katembu, an African affairs analyst and language specialist at uh, Channel Africa Kiswahili Desk. And of course, we've still got your WhatsApp voice notes on this issue. And uh, what I'm going to do, maybe let me just take some of the WhatsApp voice notes on Mali. And then uh, once we're done with that, we'll be in conversation with the CEO for the Innovative Pharmaceutical Association of South Africa.